0: The word of God from Matthew chapter 28 verses 8 to 9. So the women hurried from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshiped him. They clasped his feet. Isn't that an interesting detail? It's easy to miss, and yet it's one that Matthew specifically notes here in this verse, and it's a detail that the Holy Spirit inspired him to include when reporting on these events. Falling down before God was a familiar posture for worship in the Old Testament. In 2nd Chronicles we hear, Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. In Job we hear that the prophet, quote, fell to the ground in worship. What an exciting moment! Imagine the astonished looks on their faces. The women knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that this was Jesus himself. There was no mistake about it. Standing before them was the Son of God, and in holy reverence they dropped to the ground to worship Him. In many cases, falling to the ground was also the posture of sorrow, penitence, and prayer. It was the stance taken when Jairus, the synagogue ruler, begged Jesus to heal his daughter. Luke tells us that he, quote, "...fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with Him to come to his house." It was how Mary greeted Jesus and lamented to Him about the death of her brother. Overcome with sorrow, John tells us that she, quote, fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But on this morning, it was reverence and overwhelming joy that brought them to fall down before him. But as Matthew points out, they didn't just fall down at Jesus' feet. They reached out, grabbed hold, and held them tightly. At first, it may have been because they thought to themselves, we thought we lost you. We're not letting you go this time. And once you fall into the ground, that's the closest thing to a hug that you can manage. After all, they had watched him die on the cross right there before him. They saw how he suffered for their sins, for yours and mine, and for the sins of the world. They witnessed as he cried out, It is finished, and announced that the work of salvation was complete. They saw him bow his head and die. They watched as the soldiers made sure of it when they pushed the spear up into his side. They were there when his lifeless body was taken down from the cross and laid in the grave, and they would have seen Pilate's soldiers seal the tomb. There was no doubt that he had died, but now here he was standing there alive. I remember the kind of vice grip hugs my mom would give when I came back home each semester after college. I'll bet that in their joy, when these women locked onto our Savior's ankles, they wanted to never let go. But it also tells you something else that's too amazing to overlook. Jesus had risen bodily from the grave. Listen carefully to the readings here and in worship over the course of this Easter season and take note of how careful the writers are to point out repeatedly that Jesus was physically alive. This was not a ghost or an image. It was our flesh and blood Savior who died and rose again just as he promised. They clasped his feet. These were the very same feet that only three days earlier had nails driven into them as he gave his life for you and for me. And these are the feet under which even death, which has now been conquered, will be brought to an end. As Paul assures us in 1 Corinthians, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And then imagine what it will be like to hug and to hold one another and our Savior on that joyful resurrection day. Let us pray. Living Savior, in reverent joy, we fall down before you in worship. We rejoice that you have conquered sin, risen from death in the grave, and have brought us forgiveness of sins and eternal life through the gospel. Amen. Thank you for joining us.